I have a very, very high regard for Scripture. It is so healing. It is so helpful. And to speak those words, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Well, we're having this financial problem. Well, the word of God says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. I've even had to learn these references because if, if this is going to be a tool for you, you need to take it seriously. Well, it says somewhere that he'll never leave me or forsake me. That's good. If you know the reference, you can actually even be more helpful to, to your friends. I mean, look it up. Use it. And then you can say things like, God, I thank you that you are going to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I thank you that you are going to supply all of my needs. You quote the scripture and then you turn it into a prayer. Basically, you're praying God's words back to him. You're saying his words and you're saying them like, look, whatever I'm seeing, whatever I'm feeling, which typically we, we would say, well, that, that must be the truth. That's, that's just what I feel. But we all know how quickly our feelings can change. If you're believing a lie, if you're believing something that is not true, and fear, and there's a lot of it in our culture, that's on the, it's on the news, it's in the media, we are, we are so full of fear. Fear is a belief in the enemy's ability to steal, kill, and destroy in your life being greater than God's ability to bless you, to give you favor, to reward you, and to help you, to, be, to redeem things. So as we speak words of fear, we sort of fuel this thing. And as we review all the things that could go wrong, and we speak those words, and we... It could be gossip, but it's also just, it's negativity. We're drawn to it. There's so much of it in our world today. And most of us, whether we have faith or not, it feels right, it feels what wise to speak out all the things that could happen. I can tell you it's, it's not wise. It's, it's not wise to review the things that could happen and have those words on your lips and have those being the words that you discuss with your friends when you talk to one another and what possible ramifications and oh I you know I had an aunt that had that and this this could go wrong or I you know I can see what could happen down the road when we speak over our people our friends in crisis we want to be really wise about that proverbs 18:20 death and life are in the power of the tongue death and life are in the power of the tongue The verse just before that is also interesting. It says, by the fruit of a man's lips, his stomach is satisfied. He's satisfied with the product of his lips, which I found really interesting. I just sort of wandered into that verse as I was looking for the other one. The, by the fruit of your lips, your stomach is satisfied. 
I don't know about you, but when you have anxiety, most of us have something with our stomach. We feel tense. We don't digest our food very well. A lot of us take uh, antacids or some sort of stomach acid stabilizer because it's essentially because we have too much anxiety. And when I've started feeling that, I've actually said, I wonder what words I've been speaking lately or even words I've been thinking lately. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And immediately when I, I sense this, you know, I'm getting some, some stomach tension. Whoever was in my sphere, whoever was in my mind, whoever seems to have been irritating me, I start blessing them. Those neighbors with the barking dog, I just bless them. I, you know, what, whatever it is that's causing your tension, using your mouth, using the scripture to say, wow, wait a minute. It says my stomach is going to be satisfied by the words of my mouth. I'm going to take that seriously, and I'm going to get some really positive words in my mouth. We, feel, we all feel justified in complaining. We all feel justified in getting up in the morning. My routine used to be asking Naomi, you know, how, how did you sleep? How are you feeling? It's just our culture. That's what we do. That's, that's being nice to your mate. And that's not often wise to start off if someone didn't sleep well or has some pain in their back to start them telling you something negative. I will say, who's God for you this morning? That's the most important thing that's going to set the day. Who's God for you this morning? He's my savior. He's my lover. He's my redeemer. He's my help. He's my rock. Who are you? I'm his princess. I'm his beloved. We're reorienting ourselves according to what God says about us, not how we feel, and not the circumstances that seem to very powerfully influence us. One of the other questions I love to ask, and here's a question for someone in crisis, especially if it's someone who has faith. What promise of God are you standing on right now? What promises of God are you standing on right now in your crisis? You've just had this diagnosis. Doctor calls, he wants to, he wants to talk with you in his office, uh, but he can't get you in until next week. Uh, you need a biopsy, but so, we all go through all of these things. I can commiserate with you, oh, yes, I had that too, or my aunt had that, or I can say, what promise are you standing on right now? What promise of God? I, I can hear the, the, the fear, the irritation in your voice. What promise of God are you standing on? He will never leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you. Let's turn that into a prayer. God, you will never leave me or forsake me. reorienting people, reframing and getting them, and, and I would even say growing your relationships to the point where the people around you, you then know 
more quickly who is interested in growing and who is not. Who just wants you to be there for them and to support them without moving them toward God. And it is important to differentiate the two. Also because you, can, you, you need to know who you're going to go to when you have a crisis. You want the person who's going to say to you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. What promise are you standing on today with that financial situation you're facing? God, you're going to supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You're going to supply. You're never going to leave me. And you pray that with people, and it, it builds the fabric of your relationship and of your life in a way that simple advice, counseling, comforting, it's good, but I believe the first commandment is still the first commandment. Let's point people toward God. I think if we don't point people toward God, we have lost an opportunity because people who are in crisis, categorically, they are more open to spiritual things than ever before. The, the way the brain works is that most of us have a worldview. We believe we know how the world works. If we have these things, and if I can see them, I'm going to be okay. And as soon as a crisis comes and you realize that you don't have the resources to handle this, you look in your library, which is in your left brain, to see, have we ever been through this before? No, I don't know what to do. So we're open to see if God has an answer, if he has a solution. And it's not... You know, I'm going to try this and see if it works. I'm going to try to quote a Bible verse and see if it helps. I think we need to come to a place where we say, I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a woman of faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. Once you see it, it's not faith. Once the doctor comes back and says, oh, the test actually came back negative. You're okay. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Everything's okay. What if you could have faith before you got that word? What if you could stand on the promise of God before, in the physical, you saw it or heard it? You started seeing things with your spiritual eyes. You started hearing things with your spiritual ears. I don't know how this is going to end, but I know that God is never going to leave me or forsake me. That he's up to something good. He's always up to something good. I'm going to go through this in a new way. But it's nice if we have our brothers or sisters helping us to say those words of God after him. God's word still has power. It has the same power. It doesn't lose its power. He said those things years ago. It still has power. And he's looking for people to believe him. He's looking for people that take his word seriously enough that they actually 
will use it. Hebrews 4, it also talks about Jesus, and it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So the answer to the question that you may want to ask one of your friends, or you may want them to ask you, has Jesus ever been through something like this? Does he, can he relate to what you're going through? Has he been rejected? Did he face, did he face loss? Did he face a threat to his livelihood, to his life? And for you to know the scriptures and to be a student of the scriptures, to be able to find those things and read how he responded. Because ultimately we want to pattern ourselves after Jesus. We want to be like him.